0: I'm Katie Wallace, your host for The Sustainable League, a podcast for impactors, change makers, and conscious leaders. We explore what it really takes to build a more sustainable world and rewrite the future's ominous narrative. If you're feeling it, please subscribe, and if you're really feeling it, we welcome your reviews and the things that stuck out to you most via social media. Connect with us on all of our social channels for more paradigm-shifting banter. This week, we chatted with Corey Faruqi, CEO at Invaterra. He's no stranger to the highs and lows of both the corporate and entrepreneurial world. We talk all things AI, automation, the future, and the sustainability implications of it all. All right, let's do this. Cool. Corey Faruqi, CEO of Inventera. super excited to have you on Sustainable League. Um kind of give us your background and everything. Give us the background to your company and to you.
1: Sure. Uh, Well, first of all, Katie, thanks so much for having me on your podcast. I've been really looking forward to being on it. Um, So uh, Inventara is a company I started in 2006, and we are an AI transformation uh, company. We help our clients become future-focused digital enterprises, and it's a journey. Um, it's not a uh, come in and, and, and go out kind of thing. And uh, that journey involves looking at all the emerging tools and technologies that are relevant today as well as in the future and allowing our clients to understand them and implement them. So we um, we think that it's it's very necessary for clients t- today to uh embark on this journey because not of the generation that's coming or the millennials or the even gen Z, but we really focus on what's after generation Z uh, gen alpha. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: uh, Some people like to call it. And these are kids that have woken up uh, and are born in an age of artificial intelligence. And so as they grow up, and enter the workforce in the next 10 years, 10, 15 years, how does an enterprise today change itself in order to cater this generation that is AI native, mm-hmm. that is more comfortable in talking to machines than they are with human beings?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so when we have this discussion with clients and they have that aha moment, then uh, then we take them on through this journey. The first phase of this journey is automation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we implement um, robotic process automation, RPA tools, and intelligent automation, which are software robots that mimic human behavior and uh, conduct repetitive tasks. Uh, think about when physical robots replaced your factory workers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In order for factories to stay relevant, they had to implement these robotic tools. And so today you have software robots that are mimicking jobs like accounting and HR and procurement and conducting these tasks much, much faster, uh, drastically lower cost, efficiently, uh, eliminating errors, eliminating fraud, And so uh, it's imperative for clients and and enterprises to start focusing on implementing these tools. So the first part of our journey is to really clean house Mm -hmm. and we implement um, these uh, automation tools, create a center of excellence, um, the client involve all the executives to really understand what it is that they're working on. Mm -hmm. Um, Once they've created these seamless processes and, and automated their functions and are saving money, Then we look at the next phase, which is sort of an advisory approach of uh, creating a blue sky and saying, okay, from a goals perspective, what is it that you want out of your enterprise? Um, What are the AI tools um, and techniques that you can create or leverage or customize? What are the resources you need to have this transformative journey? And what are the gaps Currently, within your enterprise, from uh, people, process, tools, and perspective, to be able to achieve that those goals and uh, uh, execute that roadmap. Mm-hmm. So that's the second phase of our journey. That that the strategy phase. Mm-hmm. The last phase of the client journey towards uh, what we believe is what we call the digital enterprise is implementation of those tools and technologies. Customizing them, custom uh, creating uh, new tools, and then building teams of high-skilled, future-driven resources like data scientists and data engineers, and AI engineers. And so we have a couple of offshore delivery centers um, in different parts of the world, and um, we're really focused on a solid client base of um clients that appreciate it, understand its importance, um, are there for the entire journey. Mm-hmm. And um and that's sort of our 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 go to market strategy. Mm-hmm. Awesome.
0: You wrote a really awesome article too. So for anyone who's interested, definitely I'll probably link it below, but check it out. Um because it's a very like it's it's really high level information um that you kind of brought down and was like really easy for me to understand because I understand AI uh, to an extent and machine learning to an extent, but I don't know, like just like super deep. I know the implications and things like that, um, for what I need to. So that's super interesting. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your background, like where did you come from? how did you get started in, in all of this? Sure. Sure. So, um,
1: so from a personal background, I, uh, have kind of, uh, different, uh, immigrant story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so I was born in Pakistan I uh, grew up in London, grew up in Kuwait, and I was uh, fifteen in the summer of one thousand, nine hundred and ninety when I came to Connecticut to visit my uncles and spend my summer break and get my license. and um, And uh, Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait, mm-hmm. so we lost everything. couldn't go back. And um, between tenth grade, eleventh grade, and twelfth grade, I ended up changing five schools in. Three different countries and uh, through that turmoil i made and built a lot of relationships as well and uh, i always felt the importance of of building these relationships and these long-term relationships um, i uh, went to school in florida graduated with a computer science uh, degree from a university called embry riddle aeronautical university I worked for the defense department in connecticut for a couple of years And uh, then got into consulting. So in my 20 plus years in consulting, I have worked for the big fours, uh, Accenture, KPMG, HP, um, some smaller companies. And sort of leveraging my ability to bridge cultural divides, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, I found a niche in being able to help clients understand outsourcing Mm -hmm. and understand how to look at global organizations that were all over the world. And the only gap between a good execution versus a bad headache was lack of communication and the ability to understand these different cultures. So within that outsourcing industry is sort of where I grew my career. But outsourcing is a wage arbitrage model. It's, uh, you know my work for less. Mm -hmm. And so whereas organizations have leveraged that model to save a few million dollars here and there, that industry has progressed to arbitraging that model to now robotics. Mm -hmm. And so there's a huge drastic difference in saving a few million dollars for let's say a $10 billion enterprise that has three hundred finance and accounting resources, and they save, let's say, $5 million outsourcing it to Costa Rica or India mm-hmm. versus them saving hundred, tens of millions of dollars outsourcing it to to bots. Mm-hmm. So it's a natural progression. Yeah. And so for the last five years, I have been, five or six years, I've been very, very deeply involved in automation mm-hmm. um, and now AI, and emerging technologies. And as I see my kids grow up and I see their reliance on AI and its penetration in virtually every facet of our lives, um, I've started talking more about it. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Will you I'm, tell the story about, about, your, sure. about your son asking your wife the question that we talked sure, about? Really. Sure, sure.
1: So, <laughs> Um, it's a story that I think we all can relate to, uh, all of us that have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, um, youngest, uh, um, child, um, uh, when he, they're twins, mm-hmm. boy, girl, um, when he was five, he's seven now, came and asked my wife a question and it was a, a silly five year old question that didn't really have a straight answer. So my wife kind of brushed him mm-hmm. off, gave him a silly answer. Mm -hmm. and he didn't appreciate it so an hour later she busted him in our bedroom asking siri the same question and she thought it was funny and she was telling me about it and i said you know uh it's funny Mm -hmm. but the reality is this when we were growing up uh, mom was the oracle of information and knowledge mom knew everything Mm -hmm. and here's a child that gave you that opportunity to be that oracle as challenging as it was and you failed
2: right. in his eyes. Yeah.
1: So he went to the real Oracle of information and knowledge in his eyes, and which is the digital assistant. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what it is, Yeah. but he knows it has all his answers. Mm-hmm. And so his reliance on AI and the digital assistant is so heavy that it shapes his life and he hasn't seen anything but it. So whereas you and I, when we call customer service and the, IVR machine says, hi, uh, I can understand full sentences. How can I help you? You need empathy Mm -hmm. and you need human to human interaction. So you say operator, operator, agent, agent. You try to break it to get to a human being. And here's a generation that is growing up that doesn't want to talk to a human being,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: that wants to talk to a machine um, that has, is growing up with iPads in front of their faces good or bad and i discourage it Mm -hmm. uh, in my household but it's the reality of the future yeah so this generation as it as it's growing up is going to have a reliance on machines and a comfort machines that we have never seen Mm
2: -hmm.
1: so organizations today need to start changing themselves Mm -hmm. they need to start changing the way they operate the way they sell their products um the way they market their products, they're not selling products anymore. They're selling experiences. Mm -hmm. And it's imperative for an organization to understand that in order to cater to this coming generation of AI native kids as employees and consumers and customers, that they have to focus on the experience of their enterprise. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So the article you're referring to is sort of a very broad, paper on some of the predictions that I'm making on um, um, things that are happening today in terms of technology AI VR AR uh, autonomous vehicles cryptocurrency blockchain um, um, and uh, uh, the elimination of uh, wires and and, and really hyper connectivity and and global entanglement so I, I talk about those things and then I talk about five decisions that enterprise leaders have to to take in order to um, stay relevant in a future based on those predictions mm-hmm. but another article I recently wrote is um, changing your uh, enterprises go-to-market strategy in selling an experience versus selling a product mm-hmm. and I talk about uh, um, Toys R Us, and I introduced the story with Toys R Us, and, and I say, you know, um, it's true that at the time of their bankruptcy, Toys R Us was over $5 billion in debt and spending over $400 million a year to service that debt. Mm-hmm. And so they blamed that debt um, on their bankruptcy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's true, it was the final nail in their coffin, but if I could hypothesize and go back in time and change their business model, they were never selling toys Mm
2: -hmm. in
1: my eyes. They thought they were selling toys and they thought that they were competing against the mega retailers like Walmart and Target for price, and then um, against uh, Amazon Mm -hmm. to, you know, who was selling convenience. But what Toys R Us was always selling was the experience a child felt Walking into a toy store and walking out with a toy, mm-hmm. and you could only get that experience at a Toys R Us. They failed to capture that experience, mm-hmm. and they competed with uh, companies that weren't weren't their competitors.
0: Right, they weren't. They didn't stay in their lane. Yeah,
1: Walmart wasn't selling toys. Walmart was selling the experience of buying those toys while you're buying groceries, mm-hmm. and um, so if. Toys R Us, as an example, could have captured that experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's say a far-fetched hypothesis and say, if they got rid of two-thirds of their inventory mm-hmm. at their over 1,700 locations globally, and the aisles that contained that inventory, and changed those aisles and, and took that space and created slime centers mm-hmm. and, and building blocks, and sand pits, and places where you could experience the joy of being in a toy store. Yeah. That they would maybe even not only be relevant today, Mm -hmm. but be thriving and really competing against, say, a Disney World, Mm -hmm. which is selling the joys of of childhood and experience of entertainment. Right? And now you had these mini little entertainment centers in every neighborhood all over the world Mm -hmm. where you maybe even paid for your entry and walked out on impulse uh, buys. Mm -hmm. So in order for them to have the ability to survive, they needed to understand there was never toys that they were selling. Mm -hmm. It was an experience. And so if you're a restaurant, if you're an insurance company, if you are a financial institution, what is the experience Mm -hmm. that your customers have? Yeah. And so at Invertero, we help our clients strategize that experience
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then execute it with technology to stay relevant.
0: Yeah. Why do you think, cause I'm sure you experience it here. Cause I mean, we've, we've talked about this in depth, but, um, so I have a sustainability consultancy. Yeah. So why are people so resistant? Is, is it just change in general that people are resistant to, or is it like AI and automation that people just, what?
1: So, you know, um, People, you know, humans are funny. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: we, first of all, are self preservationists. Mm-hmm. So we created a little fiefdoms, And anything that challenges our um, status quo mm-hmm. and our little
0: Model models and our worlds
1: yeah. and our uh, sort of fief-tons, mm-hmm. um we resist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We resist. And, you know, and until it hits us in the face and knocks us down. Mm-hmm. And so we're using AI every day today. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if, if you, I, and I talk uh, also about the shift in paradigm in terms of our psyche to buy um, um, software, right? A few years ago, we would have gone into a Staples or a, a Best Buy and bought a CD for of a software for a couple hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and we were okay with it. Today, if I go to the app store and there's an app for one ninety nine, I think it's highway robbery, and <laughs> and, and, and it's only a couple of dollars. How
2: you? And I, yes. I can
1: I can find a couple of dollars if I you know remove the mats in my in my car <laughs> and change. But when I see one ninety nine, the the psyche is that it's highway robbery, so it needs to be free or ninety nine cents. Well, it's not free. nothing is free.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so the, so what we give away is data mm-hmm. in exchange for lower price. and and that may seem heinous, and there are certainly cases where our data has been manipulated and used against us. but you know, we are a little bit of a hypocrites in terms of that data use, for example. I mean, today, if I'm going home, I know my way home. Mm-hmm. I myself check Google Maps or Waze to see where the traffic is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The reason I know where that traffic is is because everybody that's supposed to be traveling 70 miles an hour is traveling 5 miles an hour mm-hmm. and letting me know Down
0: 75.
1: that, that mm-hmm. there's a traffic jam there. So... We like the
0: good, but we don't want to take the the more negative consequences that come with the technology.
1: Right, right. So, um, so so data is is the fuel mm-hmm. for any of these future emerging technologies. How we harness it, how we um, harvest it, and how we uh, ensure its sanctity and its security is um, imperative for any of these future different technologies. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's key for any enterprise leader that's uh, considering this and, and automation and AI tools really uh, can be shaped to ensure that that sanctity.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the, the second part is you know what what can you do with, with, um, with these tools and, and how can you enhance the experience of your customer through these tools? And how can you look at different ways to sustain your enterprise or create sustainable efforts? Mm -hmm. And I think as enterprises of the future move towards uh, certainly a lower workforce, Mm -hmm. especially in the near immediate future. Yeah. And especially a lower, um, low-skilled workforce. And when I I say low-skilled, I don't mean blue-collar jobs. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about white-collar jobs that are repetitive. Mm -hmm. Um, That they have to look at ways to reinvest in different types of efforts. Mm -hmm. Um, All that money that they're going to save isn't going to go back into their pockets. It it cannot. Mm -hmm. It has to... uh, it, It may, for a couple... But they'll be driven out of the market. Yeah. So the natural Darwinian um, um, aspect of this will play it itself out in, in, in my prediction. But um, enterprise leaders that, one, reinvest to innovate, mm-hmm. reinvest to create sustainable efforts, pass those cost savings onto their customers, mm-hmm. and then build communities um, are are really the the companies that to me are going to survive and i don't care how big you are today
2: yeah
1: um you're um a a scrappy startup in a garage um that's disrupting uh, your industry away from you know being a small fish right um and so uh you know a couple years ago walmart was the big giant guy that was getting rid of the mom and pop shops mm-hmm. and today Amazon is giving, making Walmart look like the little guy. It's shutting down the the big
2: guys. So it's,
1: it's, it's, it's so changing so fast. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's, it's, it's going to be happening faster and faster Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, even to like your point, like earlier about the story about your son and your wife, I mean, whereas like, so say for like my generation, right. It used to be like 21, 25, we figure Mm -hmm. out that like, oh, nobody knows what the hell's going on, you know? So now it's like five years old and they're like. Oh, my mom doesn't know the answer to this question. You know, so it's like that. Just shows, like exponentially, it's like speeding up.
1: And so, so you know, there's uh, a couple of theories you, can, you take into account when you look at technology, and one is Rock's Law, which says that you know, as these innovations happen, that the um, rate of technology and its penetration doubles every year. Mm-hmm. And the other, is, sorry, so so that's Moore's Law,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and Rock's Law is that the production of those technologies halves every year,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? So, um, it's hard to imagine that 10 years ago, we didn't have, um, uh, in, you know, mobile applications and, um, you know, phones, smartphones weren't everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, people still have flip phones. Right. They were, they were moving towards iPhones or, You know, smartphones, Um, and so five years ago, we didn't have uh, Google Maps everywhere, Mm -hmm. and so it's it's hard to to understand that was so that wasn't that long ago. Mm -hmm. So, what the next five years look like? You know, are we going to have um, driverless cars everywhere?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Are we going to eventually eliminate fossil fuels? and have electric cars everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And are we going to be forced to create a sustainable world Mm -hmm. for our generation because we just don't have an option anymore? And so before we even get to all of that, you know, I love what you're doing in terms of educating global market leaders and the movers and shakers in terms of, the UN's sustainable efforts and how important it is. And um, unfortunately we, we live in a very polarized world where you either believe in something or it's a conspiracy Mm. and, and both sides are guilty of it. Mm -hmm. And um, my take on it is, is that it's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't care. I don't talk about it. Um, I just say, Let's just do good, right? right? There's nothing wrong in lowering carbon emissions. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yes, it may be more expensive, but it will eventually lower itself in terms of cost Mm -hmm. if you invest in it and explore it and innovate in that field. So that goes for every industry, but um, it's certainly certainly happening and it's, it's exciting
0: that's such a good point that you bring up too because like i see it's so stupid I, I mean you see people arguing on the internet all the time but like i saw there's a 16 year old um, her name's Greta and she i don't know if you've seen her videos but she spoke um at the the summit that we they recently had about climate change and people were like well climate change is blah blah they were just like tearing her down for wanting to do better and just like seeing that oh here's some flaws here's what we could do here and let's just like why, why do we have to argue about if something's broken or not? Like why, yeah. you know, like, can it be better? Cool. Let's make it better because that's all that innovation is, is making things constantly better.
1: And, and as, as humans, one of the amazing part of us is that we are constantly striving to make things better.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we are creative in that way. And, and, um, we need to kind of go back to that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I talk a lot about what happens when AI and automation and autonomous um, tools penetrate the workforce. Mm-hmm. How do we compete? And the answer is, you don't. Yeah. You, you, you're not meant to compete because you, you, you absolutely cannot um, compete with. AI or a machine to compute something fast enough or execute a task fast enough. Mm -hmm. And there's tons and tons and tons of use cases Mm -hmm. to prove that. So where do we fit in? Mm -hmm. And I'm a firm believer that in order for us to stay relevant, we've got to go back to what makes us human. Mm -hmm. And that's empathy and apathy and emotion and passion and and love and creativity and thinking outside the box a machine does what it's supposed to do and it does it very fast it does it without any errors it's more accurate Mm -hmm. um it eliminates um fraud it eliminates a lot of these um things that are um that 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 we see in the industry and workforce that lead to human error Mm -hmm. and so The necessity necessity to uh, implement these tools is here. Mm -hmm. We've got to leverage it. We've got to own it. But we've got to do it in a way where we ensure our future and our survivability. And, um, you know, that's kind of the topic of the book that I was talking to you about that I'm writing. Uh, And really not just a hundred year future on what the enterprise looks like but really a 100-year future on what humanity looks like and our um, sort of the crossroads we are at
0: mm-hmm.
1: with AI. Yeah. Do we t- pick a, a utopian future? And, mm-hmm. h- and what does that utopian future look like? Or do we pick a dystopian future? And what does that dystopian future look like? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, these are these are topics of today, and and I, um, I've seen people more and more understand and uh, engage, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's exciting to be able to talk to enterprise leaders about this.
0: Yeah, so there's so many, like just going back to the sustainability piece, because there's sustainability of the companies like in their operations, and then there's sustainability of of the world, because if those companies don't operate sustainably, well then how is the world going to continue to operate sustainably? Because usually corporations are the biggest, they are the biggest offenders as far as like um, carbon emissions and things like that. Okay, so with sustainability and the UN 17 Sustainable Development Goals, I mean AI could has the potential to like solve all those. Um, so I don't know if you kind of like wanted to go into that, or maybe like more the sustainability of companies.
1: Sure. So so before I I do that, let me uh, kind of dumb it down for um, everybody and kind of uh, un- untangle what is AI, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so, you know, when people think AI, they think uh, the Terminator, they think mm-hmm. robots, or they think uh, physical robots that are, you know, doing flip flops, yeah. uh, flips, and, 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 and yeah,
2: yeah,
1: um, and 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 that's AI, and mm-hmm. um, but the Internet's running behind it. So it's 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 really understanding, um, you know, what we do as human beings, in terms of completing a task or process. And it's a bunch of if-thens, you know. Right? So we, we look at, say, a picture and we say, if it um, has uh, black hair or, or blonde hair or these are the different features that I'm looking at, and if-then, 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 oh, it must look like this person. Mm-hmm. Right? And so Facebook, for example, Um, or any of your facial recognition tools out there, take that algorithm and create an algorithm built on high-powered computing and um, come up with a a way to automatically tag a picture. Mm -hmm. So facial recognition that you you upload a picture and it identifies who it is, Mm -hmm. right? So you give birth to this AI engine and now you train it. And Mm -hmm. you train it through its mistakes and its its different um, uh, um, uh, uh, errors mm-hmm. to correct it. And as you're correcting it, the difference between other technologies in AI is that it's uh, it learns mm-hmm. and it uh, builds its own exception handling to say, okay, all right, let me compare. I get the difference and I'll refine myself. Mm-hmm. To a point where it becomes uh, seamless. Mm-hmm. And so when, when, when Facebook, for example, first started their facial recognition software and you uploaded a picture, it tagged all the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And so you slapped its wrist and you clicked the X and you tagged the right person.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And what you did is you trained it. Mm-hmm. And so once you tagged the right person, it did a comparison and said, ah, this is the difference I'm going to learn from this, mm-hmm. and over time, it keeps learning, 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 to where now when you upload a picture, it automatically tags everybody okay. instantly, yeah. yeah, and it's it's uh, very very accurate, mm-hmm. and so that's that's AI, mm-hmm. right? Um, another example is uh, they did an experiment where they took um, lawyer uh, work that lawyers were doing in. Um, Adjudicating or looking at uh, contract laws and amending them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, they look, they understood all the business logic that the lawyers d- determined in their minds after reading a contract to say, you know, this uh, NDA should be one year, not two years, or it should be in the state of Texas and not in the state of Delaware or whatever, right? All mm-hmm. of these different if-then if-then logics, and they built an algorithm and then trained it. And then they tested it and so what took lawyers 100,000 hours of lawyer work to go through all these contracts and amend them the AI engine did it in 2.35 seconds yeah. so you can't compete against it so no. you have to get behind it you have to leverage it mm-hmm. and um, the advancement of this technology um, powers um, everything from facial recognition to um, s- speech recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have watched um, the um, Google duplex video that um, the CEO of Google uh, gave last year, it's uh, it's amazing what it can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't seen it or the viewers haven't seen it, I, I highly encourage them to just go to YouTube and just type in Google Duplex, mm-hmm. and you get a five-minute video of the CEO of Google uh, showcasing uh, how the the machine is calling a hair salon or calling a restaurant and having a conversation.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and like no one, like no Seamless. one was like savvy to it. Yeah, that's Seamless, crazy, right?
1: Yeah. And to the point where it's you know. It's got a human element. It's uh, mm, mm-hmm. A lot of that, and the person on the phone w- will never be able to recognize that as a human being. So, you know, do companies say, you know, we'll will we'll create the empathy and apathy in, in in customer service so you can talk to a human being,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but you're not talking Without to a human, a human being,
0: being a human right? Being, yeah.
1: So um, there's there's in every field in healthcare yeah. and research and um it, it's such an exciting world of these different technologies mm-hmm. um you know some of the things that you and I were talking about where um in the past you know we look at healthcare inv- advancements and um, we say wow you know we know everything about the human body mm-hmm. uh, but if we if if we go back in history and understand, how we got to know all this about him uh, about the human body, it's a pretty heinous, mm-hmm. heinous and
2: uh, stuff that we did
1: in in terms of experimenting on other human beings, yeah, and um today we have the ability to to go through all those permutations, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: not have uh, testing on animals right. and testing on human beings and um, building large infrastructure Mm -hmm. uh without um actually building it right um uh, and experimenting just virtually building it first or virtually doing these surgeries or virtually understanding something Mm -hmm. in in a in a world that's created in in ai and ar or vr Mm -hmm. and then implementing it so exactly um that's going to be
0: huge i think for the 17th as we're trying to um, you know get carbon emissions under control and like you know tackle all these goals so i mean like so look at like um the f- whatever food crisis let's say that um farming is like getting much smarter like they're already using ai right. in farming and they're able to grow vegetables because they can um, put something in there and it knows that like this type of vegetable needs this much sunlight, It needs sunlight th- it's missing um this percentage like optimum growth all that same thing
1: with and think about the water co- uh, uh conservation mm-hmm. in that right i mean Water is something that uh, we are already um, looking at as um, something that we don't have enough of. Yeah. People the,
0: like Cape Town was at Cape Town almost re- literally was yeah. like, this is day zero. We will run out of water. That was just I, I, last it's year. It's nuts.
1: California yeah. has been under a constant drought for how many years? Too
0: long. Um, and,
1: uh, you know, um, uh, h- how can we look at the best way to conserve and still cultivate and create uh food and survival Mm -hmm. but population getting smaller it's already crossed eight billion yeah we're going to be nine billion in half that time and 10 billion in half that Mm -hmm. so what does the world have to do to to be able to sustain a future for these generations Mm -hmm. and um you know ai is something that is a force enabler for us Mm -hmm. so humans have always used force enablers yeah since we picked up a rock and used it as a hammer um to be able to extend our ability to pop open a coconut Mm -hmm. you know today ai is our hammer that we've got to leverage in a variety of different fields
0: yeah I think that's why it's important for for companies like yours to get in front of these leaders who are still thinking that like step one, step two, because it's like no, 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 we're not moving at step one, step two, step three. Like every step we take now is exponential.
1: Yeah, so yeah. Like
0: it'll keep being it, like
1: it's. That. It's really interesting you say that because you know, one of the things that I've been talking about um, and uh, and all my clients uh, the last fifteen years is uh, is not to look at step one, step two. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I have a, a methodology that we work with, uh, and, and we've created and codified at Inventera, which is um, what we call we call it Leap. Mm-hmm. And so, a Leap stands for um, leaps mm-hmm. that are exponential in nature, uh, agile in their execution, and perpetual. And so we tell our clients, you know, if you create a project plan or uh, say a five-year business plan. So it's the easiest analogy.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: if if you're creating a five-year business plan with a uh, year one, I'm gonna do this, and then year two, I'm gonna do that, and then three, four, five. Your year one is gonna go only as far as you've set that limit for yourself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So a different way to look at it is create a year five first. Mm-hmm with all the tools and technology and resources that you would have. If you had everything, Mm -hmm. what does that five year future look like for you? And then go backwards. What do you need to do in year four to get to year five? Mm -hmm. What do you need to do in year three to get to four, two to three, and then you will come up with what your year one looks like. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And you'll realize I am, way behind schedule uh you know i and and i'm already late I'm, I'm so i gotta i gotta move forward yeah so year one becomes your top of the staircase view mm-hmm. and it um it creates your first leap so you leap towards it mm-hmm. because the fastest way to get from point a to point b is to take these leaps yeah and so when you leap you're not going to get to the top of the staircase, Mm -hmm. but you're going to get three or four or five steps ahead Mm -hmm. and versus just getting one step ahead. And so that's, that's the L part. That's the leap, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And it's exponential. Um, The way we execute um, that project plan or that implementation um, is using agile uh, methodologies and different types of, um sort of fast forward driven uh, methodologies and then the p is is very important it's the perpetual part Mm -hmm. because now that you're done with year one you're not going to go to year two you're going to scrap that you're going to create a new five-year future you're going to push that horizon out even further and create your next leap Mm -hmm. so the leaps are perpetual and so Enterprises, even if they're not looking at implementation of technology or even as human beings, if we're looking at creating something or building something and we focus on that's why we say leap is more than a methodology, it's a mindset. So we say Mm -hmm. it's a leap methodology and mindset to create your first top of the staircase view and create these leaps that are perpetual and exponential. And it's a great way to move forward, but mm-hmm. we really need to do that not just at the enterprise level
2: right.
1: or in our homes,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but at a global level.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's unfortunate that we have leaders that are, you know, uh, just—it's uh, nothing. It's ego, mm-hmm. and and you know, Agreed. I I don't um, pick a side.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, It's irrelevant to me. But right now, we have a stalemate that is causing 800,000 people, uh, federal workers, to miss paychecks.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's it's digging your heels and against your ego Mm -hmm. to be able to negotiate. Mm -hmm. And like a grown-up should. And it's impacting... People that, you know, it's in, it's not impacting these leaders. They have a lot right. of money,
0: mm-hmm. right? It's they, the people who need it most. Yeah, it's impacting. Yeah,
1: and so we can't continue this way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, um, you know, I'm I'm excited about a future where uh, these young generations will enter politics, um, create streamlined, low cost, automated. Um, government functions Mm -hmm. where they can take those cost savings and give them back to the citizens of the world
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and maybe even at a global level look at ways to eliminate poverty and eliminate um, overpopulation or uh, create sustainable um, futures for uh, a variety of different industries. Mm-hmm. We've depleted this earth for a long time now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's cool too because, like, we are starting to see that, like, um, the younger generations are getting into these very like high level positions. And I mean, even in politics, I mean, you're seeing it everywhere. And they have kind of the same agenda that we have, sure. right? It's like make things better, right? Yeah. Things are like you know we've progressed, but like now it's like let's let's keep it going. and um, well,
1: imagine imagine you know if if today. Um, we walk by a truck that's spewing black smoke
2: mm-hmm.
1: or a factory that is just chugging along and all this black stuff is coming out of it. It disgusts us, yeah, right? Um, or, you know, or somebody's smoking inside a room. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, it, it's, it's, it's something that's in our psyche to say, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, right? stop doing
1: that. But um, 50 years ago, it was normal. It was the
0: normal. Yeah, They're like smoking yeah. on planes. Smoking like on planes. Breathing it in. Yeah, <laughs>
1: everybody's There's and nobody's questioning it. Um, you know, your your uh, cars are spewing out black smoke, and nobody's questioning mm-hmm. it, right? But today we uh, have a disgust for it, and that's great. Yeah. And so I'm hoping that in a future where cars are electric, uh, where we're creating these uh, low emission. Um, uh, modes of transportation and, and all this kind of stuff that a generation would look at a fossil fuel mm. uh, you know driven uh, car or, or automobile or vehicle or whatever and look at it with the same yeah. disgust that we would with you know, with
0: smoking, smoking yeah exactly it's that like, yeah and yeah. it's it's
1: great it's great it should definitely move there in yeah. that direction
0: that's such an interesting yeah to like to think about that now is there anything else that like you want to throw out into the sustainable league either or i know i know you're i don't know how soon your book is coming up is that still yeah
1: oh my god um <laughs> well so you know um hopefully it's here
2: okay yeah uh, the
1: first uh, so it's um uh, so I preface it with my story of my, uh, you know, uh, with my kid,
2: mm-hmm. and then I kind
1: of lead into um, this. Uh, so I have a sort of a ten-step process where I take my clients through a sort of an understanding of how um, their industry is um, being impacted. Mm-hmm. You know, are they going to be able to survive? A lot of times. Uh, enterprise leaders don't get it. They um, and so I always say, you know, you can be the guy that saved your enterprise, or you can be the person, the last person that could have mm. saved your enterprise. And so um, they they don't recognize. I mean, they're if they see the iceberg, uh, it's already too late,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? So if the iceberg is in their radar, but they're not visually seeing it, then maybe they have a chance to to turn. Mm. Otherwise. If they're cash rich, but the iceberg is in front of them, they need to bail. So um, I talk about a 10-step. I, I help my clients the 10-step process to focus on this and change their sort of mindset. So I took those 10 steps, made them into 10 chapters, with each chapter being sort of a time capsule in the future. And it's told as a story uh, through the eyes of my kids as they're growing mm. up. With that said, um, only on chapter two, <laughs> chapter one is based in 2019.
0: Okay. So nice.
1: I got to finish it this gotcha. year. Gotcha. <laughs>
0: okay, cool. Well, maybe we'll just have you back like next year or something I, I like hope that. so. that to be like, the book is launching. Well, cool. Um, I think that's really it. I mean, unless you wanted to throw anything else out there, um, do you have anything coming up like big for your company, anything changing? I know you have a couple companies.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the services company is hmm. uh, I N V A. T-E-R-R-A dot uh, We're also building a um, uh, automated platform that aims to leverage automation and, uh, sorry, a predictive analytics and prescriptive analytics platform that aims to leverage automation and really automate um, predictive and prescriptive analysis for an enterprise leader without human inter- intervention at all. And so we're working on getting some funding and raising some capital for that and and hopefully executing that. And then we have our um, uh, um, sort of our coaching and speaking and keynote platform, which is Mm nextgen.ninja, which we try to sort of uh, take to enterprise leaders and say, hey, are you a next generation ninja or um, how can you be a next generation ninja? And so I write about, you know what this this is and so that website is nextgen.ninja it's also the name of the book so hopefully all those things kind of pan out this year 2019 is is the year <laughs> it <laughs> is, is the, the final year. year definitely
0: yeah. um cool so my last question is what is your number one piece of advice to anyone businesses individuals looking to make an impact
1: so my number one advice is um you know it's a it's a mark twain quote um even if you're on the right path and you quit moving, you're going to get run over. Mm-hmm. And so you, you can't quit. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think you've gotten uh, somewhere and checked off some boxes, uh, that's great. Keep keep moving forward. Keep, mm-hmm. keep moving forward. And uh, I, I talk about entrepreneurialism that way where Entrepreneurs like a wet box of matches and you keep striking away because you know, one of those matches is dry and enterprise leaders have to keep striking these matches. And so you cannot let complacency set in. And so those enterprises and those enterprise leaders that are thinking about sustainability or thinking about AI and automation and what they can do to create a future relevance for their industry or their company. And, uh, that's great. Mm-hmm. If they're executing those strategies and implementing those tools or creating those sustainable efforts, awesome. Mm-hmm. If they've done all of that and are the ones that have done it the most in the world, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But if they quit today, then they're right back where they were in square one. Mm-hmm. So they've got to keep doing they're it. Even so further back. They're in the further yeah. back. So you know my advice is to all uh, enterprise leaders, and people out there, and and, and uh, younger generation, and our generation, is to keep striking, keep innovating, um, understand that if you quit, somebody's gonna pass you by, and um, work towards a future w- that preserves this earth. Mm-hmm. We've only got one.
0: Yeah, we're
1: looking around. <laughs> uh, you know, we're trying to go to the moon there and to the Mars odd and all that. Never candidates yet. Yeah, but. You know, it'd be great. I'd love to go on a vacation to Mars or the moon.
0: Right, the moon will be um, crazy.
1: But I don't want to live in an incubator.
0: Yeah, this is, yeah. it's like, I want this it. is really cool here. Yeah. Like, we could make it this, like, whatever, Garden of Eden.
1: And, you know, it's it's yeah. it's kind of sad when I know beaches that I went to as a child or, um, what, you know, n- nature that I visited that doesn't exist anymore. Mm. Um And it's only getting worse. Yeah. At some point, we've got to roll it back.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I know for sure AI and automation will be like an integral part in like making the world more sustainable. Like there's no doubt in my mind that we need to like use this. Yeah,
1: we need to uh, definitely leverage it. Yeah. We have to leverage it. We we don't have a choice, Mm -hmm. but we've got to leverage it in a utopian path and not a dystopian one. So um, it can create a lot of good, Mm -hmm. but it can create a lot of harm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it can exponentially increase, um, cyber attacks and, and any kind of nefarious activities Mm -hmm. and it can exponentially increase our ability to combat that. Right. So, you know, as humanity, we've, we've really got to work towards ensuring, ensuring a utopian future.
0: Yeah. That's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah. Well, all right. So let's wrap it up. I well, appreciate you joining us and sharing your wisdom with us. Man, I could talk to you forever. I mean, sometimes we do sit and yeah. Here forever. So awesome. Thanks so much. Uh,
1: Katie, I uh I really enjoyed it. Um I love how you tie in different parts of uh industry and uh technology into a sustainability theme. Um I think it's uh it shouldn't even be a discussion should, should, should be inherent and I'm mm. so glad that you are bringing okay. it to a focus
0: oh yeah I would say it's like a mindset kind of like you talked it about is. leap is a mindset like sustainability it truly is a mindset yeah like so
1: let's like, leap towards <laughs> our sustainable future <laughs> <laughs> let's imagine a world that is perfect and let's work towards figuring out how to get there
0: exponentially exponentially there. I think that's perfect I think that's what we'll leave you guys with. so awesome I think we'll end it just like that You are dedicated and I love it. Thanks for sticking around to the end. If you're feeling it, please remember to subscribe and I would love to connect with you. Find me on any social media channels and tune into Sustainable League next week for more paradigm shifting combos.